0: Tuesday Law and Gospel on this April the 6th in the year of our Lord 2021. And the hymn we're going to be looking at is O Sons and Daughters of the King. It was written by Jean Tisserand. He was a member of the Franciscan order, began preaching in Paris in 1469. And you know what he did? He went from one parish church to another, preaching every day for nearly two years. He became confessor to Queen Anne of Brittany and preached frequently at the royal court. He also preached to the prostitutes of Paris. And according to Michel Manol, a fellow Franciscan preacher, inspired many of them to repent. From such hearers of the word, Tisserer founded the Society of Penitent Women at Paris in 1495. So he was very close in doing what Jesus did in talking to individuals. Oh, sons and daughters of the king. And with me, Tom Baker, is my good friend Mark Smith. You're going to be using this? hymn Sunday?
1: Yes, yes we will. That's the uh, that's the, the, the appointed hymn of the day, and we'll sure be using it. That'll be uh, the, the sermon hymn.
0: Yes, because the gospel is from John chapter 20, 19 to 31, about what this hymn is talking about. Right. And this is very interesting that the hymn itself is almost a repeat of the verses. Actually, All of the Gospels are represented in the hymn, but the primary Gospel is that of John, what's talking about Doubting Thomas. So, any initial reflections?
1: Uh, I wish I knew how the other melody went. You know, there's an an alternative to this. Uh, You could do 470 in the hymnal or 471, uh, my only complaint about 470 is too many alleluias. <laughs> I've said that before. I don't know what it is about this hymn, but there's so many alleluias.
0: <laughs> no, there's only 27.
1: <laughs> well, I guess you know. I mean, after uh, after a season of Lent where alleluia isn't isn't allowed, really, um, it's good to let all the stops out, I suppose.
0: Yes. I did not begin this hymn, Easter Sunday. I don't think you did either, because we knew it was going to be part of the reading for this coming Sunday, which is the second Sunday of Easter. So, without further ado, because there are nine verses and 27 alleluias,
1: would you please begin with stanza one? Okay. O sons and daughters of the King, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing... Today the grave has lost its sting. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.
0: So who are the sons and daughters of the king? That's us. Yes. All, who, all believers in Jesus Christ. Yes. And it's interesting that a lot of times we, in the Bible, talk about the sons of God, which includes men and women, but here he makes a distinction that Sons and daughters of the king whom heavenly hosts in glory sing. What heavenly hosts?
1: Oh those are the, the, these are the angels Yes, the angels uh, and I suppose I suppose also the the saints that have already gone ahead to, to be with our Lord. Well that's good. I hadn't thought
0: about that. The verse I was looking at was Luke 15 where it talks about the lost sheep. And Jesus says there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. That's right. And so that's probably where this is picked up from that uh Jean Tisserin did this. We don't know much about his education or anything, and remember this is before the Reformation.
1: Yes. He died in fourteen ninety four. Yeah, just think, he died two years after Columbus discovered America. So that kind of puts in context. He may have not even heard yet about the New World being discovered.
0: Well, that's a point. And then he obviously hadn't heard of Luther, who didn't really come on the scene until, oh, 1417 or so. Or what am I saying? 1517. Okay. Okay. I'll read stanza two. All right. That Eastern morn at break of day, the faithful women went their way to seek the tomb where Jesus lay.
1: Now, why were they going to the tomb? Well, to anoint the body. Yes. They, 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 did such a, uh, they had to do a rush job the night before, before, uh, before the darkness of the Sabbath, and so they hurriedly uh, buried Jesus in, in uh, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, but they didn't, they didn't really take the time and the care that they wanted to to anoint the body with uh, spices and, and the like. And who is they? Uh, the, the women.
0: No, uh, no, the night before.
1: Well, there first, was jo- Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, and probably yes. they had, probably had some servants to help. And, uh, you know, I I, I think of the ladies, at least some of the ladies following along to know where the grave was. Um, And then, of course, there were a number of the ladies uh, the next morning, early, early next morning to to go to the tomb.
0: Well, that was actually the third day, not the
1: next morning. Uh, You're right. You're right. Absolutely. What am I saying? Yes. Uh, Sunday, early Sunday morning. Right.
0: Now, in Bible class... On Sunday, I did have a, a Bible study. I don't think many churches had a Bible study or Sunday school on Easter, but we did uh, because normally we have a big uh, old meal, but we had also confirmed two new members for the church whose children had been baptized earlier that summer. So they were in confirmation beginning in September and in March, they decided to join the church. So we had really a wonderful
1: occasion. Oh, wow. Them so you confirmed, confirmed, them, confirmed. On e- Confirm them on Easter Sunday then?
0: Yes. They phoned me and indicated they had made the decision uh, about a week before Easter to join the church. I contacted the president of the congregation and one of the elders and said, would they have any objection to them being confirmed on Easter Sunday? Great. And so they really thought it was a good idea. They agreed to it. And then the Bible verses I had taken right from the readings for Easter Sunday. You know, you give a Bible verse to each of the confirmants. Right. So it was really a, a joyous occasion. You bet. But during, during the Bible study, I asked the question, what hour did Jesus rise from the dead?
1: Well, we know it was uh, it was early, early in the morning. Uh, I don't know if it says specifically what hour, but uh, you know, he uh, he he descended into hell. You know, of yes. course, that same morning, and then he he arose and uh, probably passed through the walls of the tomb without the stone even being rolled away. When the angel came down and rolled the stone away, it was just to show that the tomb was now empty. He was no longer there.
0: Yes, as to the hour, you might be surprised. Uh, It could have been Saturday night at 7 p.m. Really? It depends if you're using Jewish or Roman time. Mm -hmm. Because what it says is they came after the sun had risen. And the sun was the real sun, S-U-N. Right. And therefore, he had already risen from the dead. And if you're looking at Jewish time, that began, Sunday began on what we call Saturday night at six, sundown, or Roman time, it would have been half after midnight. Mm -hmm. So, uh, either way, if, if we use the Roman time and, and the gospel, for example, of Mark uses both times. And it doesn't give an indication. So that was new to me that he could have risen many, many hours before the women had gotten there.
1: I suppose so. I think most people think of it early, early Easter morning. You know, the ladies were starting out while it was still dark.
0: But as the Bible makes clear, he had already risen from the dead. So the... This happens a lot in the Bible where the morning is seen what happens at night. For example, um, Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, and the king was worried all night, and then he went in the morning, and, of course, Daniel hadn't been touched all night by the lions. That's right. And so he, he rejoiced at that. And there's four or five other occasions when morning was the time when it became known that it had happened, an event had happened. So I found that kind of interesting. I had always assumed he had risen at the break of day uh, with the sun rising. He was rising, but no, that's the the sun, S U N, and he could have risen a lot earlier.
1: You know, I never thought about this, Tom. But don't you don't you think it's possible that uh, Daniel? Uh being still alive on that on that early morning and the king the king himself rushing to see how he was. Don't yes. you think that's kind of a precursor to, to Easter Sunday? Yes. In fact,
0: there's five examples in the Bible where people are rushing to see. For example, Hezekiah the king, you know, he was allowed to live longer right. when he prayed years. to God. Well he had what, sixty thousand Assyrians ready to go into Jerusalem and destroy them. And that evening he prayed, and during the evening the angel of the Lord came and killed the Assyrians by getting them all confused that they were in battle. And that says also when he went in the morning, he saw that they had all been defeated. Yes. So, yeah, yeah we could go over the other items, but right now let's stay with the text. If you would start... Uh, Stanza three, please.
1: An angel clad in white, they see, who sits and speaks unto the three. Your Lord will go to Galilee. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.
0: Yes, there's something in the translation in every Bible that's English. They'll, they'll say, you see Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. That is a wrong translation. It's not a past tense, it's in present tense. You yes. see Jesus, the one who is crucified. Right. That's really kind of important.
1: Yes. It's just like it's just like we are baptized. It's not that we were baptized, but we are baptized. Well, Same idea.
0: Good. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I give this story never really happened, but I'm walking down the street with my dad and we always run into people he knows. And somebody is coming toward us who knows me, but he they don't know him. And they say, well, hi, Tom, how are you doing? Fine. Who's this? And I say, this was my father. (laughs) Well, you know, my dad's going to ask, what do you mean I was? He said, well, you know, I was conceived. That was it. (laughs) No, I am your father. And Jesus is the crucified one. That's right. I I can't remember at the church you're attending right now whether the crucifixion is a bare cross or the body on
1: it. Oh, uh, St. Paul's has a a cross. Not not a crucifix, but a cross. It's a beautiful one.
0: Oh, yes. But a lot of churches have the body on it, and people complain, but they shouldn't because that's referring to Jesus now who is the crucified one and all of the benefits of the crucifixion keep coming to us. That's right. Okay. Verse four. That night the apostles met in fear. Among them came their master dear and said, my peace be with you here. Now some of them had even heard that Jesus had risen from the dead. Why were they
1: in fear? Well, uh, they were afraid, you know, they were behind locked doors. They were afraid that the same uh, execution might await all of them. I mean, they were afraid for their lives.
0: Yes, but knowing that Jesus had risen from the dead, boy, why would you still fear it? And the reason for that, if you take a look at the Bible, is there was great fear because these were the people who had deserted Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, yes. had uh, betrayed him, had denied him, and now they hear he's back from the dead, yes. that would
1: cause great fear. And, yeah, and that's, that's why when uh, when Jesus met them, when he, when he met them in the upper room again, the first thing he said is, peace be with you. In other words, I'm not angry at you, um, peace be with you. I go yeah. to your fa- my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. You are reconciled with the Father now.
0: Yeah, he didn't say, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> no. No. He said, peace be with you. And that's what changed Jesus in their minds from a judge to a Savior. Yes. It's a difference between law and gospel. Under the law, God is a judge, and we're right. afraid. That's why Luther starts each of the commandments. We should fear, love, and trust in God. All righty. So,
1: verse 5, please. Verse 5. When Thomas first, the, the tidings heard, that they had seen the risen Lord, he doubted the disciples' word.
0: Now, notice what he's doubting. He's doubting the word of the disciples. Right, and, and that makes sense. The disciples had also doubted someone's word. That's right. Call, who was
1: that? Well, they decided when when uh, uh, the ladies yes ran and told them they they thought it was an idle tale. Exactly.
0: See, this is the way God works. He does the unexpected. Women were not really trusty witnesses, even in a court. So, who does God? show himself first to or give the good news he
1: gives it to women yeah isn't that something that is something yeah, yeah. just like just like on uh, christmas night the first people you know w- that were told about the the birth were the shepherds you know one of the the lowest levels of the of the uh of the uh, one of the lower classes of of the people in that time shepherds were, un- were the first to hear
0: they were unclean. Yeah. Yes. And then who was the second group that traveled to Jerusalem? Oh, the the Gentiles. Yes. <laughs> God never went to any of the priests because they wouldn't believe. Right. So he doubts the disciples' word. I'll read six. My pierced side, O Thomas C., and look upon my hands, my feet, not faithless, but believing be. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Now, I kind of like this verse, because what did Thomas
1: say that would finally convince him? Well, he said, he said, unless I, unless I put my fingers in the holes in his hand, unless yes. I place my hand in... In the Savior's side, where the wound supposedly is, I will not believe. And guess what?
0: That is never recorded in the Bible right. that he had to do that.
1: Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's debate. I think there's some debate as to whether he did it or not. Well, there may be debate, but according to the Bible, he did not do it.
1: Right. He didn't say that he actually put his, put his fingers in the handprints and that. No, yeah. not at all.
0: In fact that's the theme of my sermon this coming Sunday. Do what comes first? Faith and then we see or first we see that leads
1: to faith. Well, in our case Tom, uh, faith comes first because we haven't it, seen we haven't seen the Lord Jesus in in his body. He's with Well, I think
0: Mark is gone for some reason but he was making a very important point. First we believe, and then we see. And that leads to stanza eight. How blessed are they who have not seen, and yet whose faith has constant being, for they eternal life shall win. And then alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. So as Mark was saying, you are indeed blessed. Though you've never seen Jesus, guess what? You still have been given faith. And that faith came about by hearing the word of God or through the sacrament of baptism, where according to Peter, at Pentecost, you get two gifts, the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just really wonderful. Then we get to verse 7, stanza 7. No longer Thomas then denied, he saw the feet, the hands, the side. You are my Lord and God, he cried. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Again, a well-written verse to show That faith came not because he touched Jesus, but because he saw Jesus in front of him. He had been raised from the dead. Resurrection from the dead, people who believe that, that does not save them because that's called historic faith. And nobody is saved by historic faith. We're instead saved by saving faith, which is trusting in the promises of God. Uh, For example, when Peter, I'm sorry, when it was John who went to the tomb, he entered in, it says he believed, but then he went and hid in the upper room. So what was he believing? He was only believing that Jesus rose from the dead. And what was the evidence for that? Well, he saw the clothes neatly folded. In in fact, what Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus had done in wrapping Jesus in clothes, guess what? He had just gone through the clothes, leaving them in place with the head handkerchief neatly folded. And that convinced John he had been risen from the dead. But then the next verse says, but they did not know the scriptures as to why he had to rise from the dead. So that wasn't saving faith. That was simply historic faith. And even the devils have historic faith, believing Jesus rose from the dead and the Pharisees who were unbelievers. And by the way, this verse says, you are my Lord and God. It's the first time in the New Testament that an apostle of Jesus Christ refers to him as God. So, moving on to verse nine. On this most holy day of days, be laud and jubilee and praise. To God your hearts and voices raise. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. On this most holy day of days. Now, we do not want to give the impression that we preach the Easter good news only on Easter. Remember, we've talked about the days of Lent are 40 of them. But beginning with Ash Wednesday, there's more than 40 days up to Easter. Why does that occur? Because the Sundays during the season of Lent are not regarded as being of the season of Lent. They are Easter Sundays, even during Lent. In fact, every Sunday that we worship our Lord is really an Easter Sunday because the goal is to leave a lot of joy in the hearts of those who have heard the message of the sermon, praising God And they raise their voices to Jesus Christ because every Sunday ends on a note of Easter. He is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. So, that's the hymn, O Sons and Daughters of the King. And as indicated, written by Jean Tisserand who was a Franciscan friar, was very popular as in Paris, preached daily for two years, and founded a home for wayward girls, we believe, around 1492. There's not that much information about his education, but we can see from this hymn that he takes moments from the four Gospels, puts them together and gives us a hymn that is of much praise and happiness. So, I'm Tom Baker, and though we lost Mark Smith right now, we're looking forward to him being back next Tuesday when we be taking a look at the hymn for the third Sunday of Easter. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel we'll be talking about another church in Revelation the book of Revelation and in that church we're going to see some similarities with our churches today and a message from Jesus. God bless you.